I'm going to tell us the truth. And I read in the book, it's more than a book, I read in the Bible. The truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. The fourth chapter of Galatians. Y'all get tired of hearing me grumble about my voice, I know, but boy, I really wish my voice was what it has been. But I'm going to praise him for what I got. Fourth chapter of Galatians and about the eighth verse. I thought how things has changed. Janice brought me a new shirt. I guess she bought it. I don't know where it come from. And when her neck wasn't big enough for they used to have a little thing over here stretching hook over the button. Well, I said, this sucker ain't big enough. She said, get over the button. It stretches. And I've about decided, as I listen and I watch, you don't have to be called of God to preach anymore. You can just get it over the Internet. You can order your license from California. And I was reading a book the other day. And a fellow had a dog that he thought so much of that he had it ordained. That's the world we've come to today. Maybe we need the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need the power of God back in our lives. God has given us a message. There's no doubt in my mind God gave me the message. The eighth verse of the fourth chapter of Galatians. How be it then, when you knew not God, you, you did service unto them which by nature are no gods. Before we got saved, we served the devil. But now... After that ye have known God, or rather, are known of God, which is greater than just me knowing God, but I'm known of God. How turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto ye desire again to be brought. To be in bondage. Desire again to be in bondage. And I look at empty pews in every church. I remember in the little church of liberty, I remember this in my time as a boy growing up. And we lived behind the church. And back then there wasn't a lot of places to go or a lot of entertainment and when people gathered at church you might even find a girlfriend there so we'd go to church not for the right reasons but I remember every pew full and I remember no air condition and the windows being open I can remember in the city of Locap people standing at the windows looking in when the preaching service was going on. I remember the old ladies with their dress down over the top of their boots. And they'd run the aisles and praise God when the preacher was preaching. I remember one time at Roaring Gap, and I'll, I'll never forget it. They had a, a light kind of like this, but it wasn't fastened down. I remember Price Phipps, Skylar Ramey was over a 200-pound man. But when they began to preach together, that old light began to turn on top of that pulpit. The, bounce, the floor was bouncing, and there wasn't nobody afraid. There wasn't nobody scared. 
why well, he was just the Holy Ghost, power of God. And I remember on down the aisle, and I can't even remember. I believe we were in. I forgot. But Ray Hudson and myself, and I remember meeting Ray in the aisle and both of us preaching, and it wasn't confusion. But we've got so quiet. Hey, we don't even holler. Amen. I'd be louder if I could. Todd may have turned this up. I'd be louder if I could. We need some loud children of God. Hey, we don't need Pharisees, but we need some people standing on the corner that'll witness about the saving grace of Almighty God. To tell people what the Lord has done for them. And why do we turn back to the beggarly elements, the old beggarly bondage? And he said, you observe days and months and times and years. And I thought about here at Easter, people come to church at Easter that don't go any other time. We'll come to sunrise service. We observe a day here and a day yonder. And I thought about some of the Seventh-day Adventists will about fight you over Saturday being the Sabbath. I don't care what day it is. Honey, we've come today to worship God. He said, and old Paul said to these Galatians, he said, I'm afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. Paul was worried that he had preached the gospel in vain. And I know how Paul felt when he said this. I wondered about these that one time filled these pews. Have I preached in vain? I've got to go back and muster up faith that God has given me and know that I was in God's will, that I'd done the best that I could do, that I didn't play with the gospel, that I told the truth. I've got to know that I didn't change Bibles and go to NIV. I've got to know that I didn't leave nothing out of it or I didn't add anything to it. Revelation says that our name can be taken out of the book of life. That's the last chapter. That's the last warning that God put in the King James Version of God's Word. It can be taken out, neighbor. And the plagues can be added to our lives if we add to the Word of God. The Word of God is real. It's powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. And he said in the 12th verse, Brethren, I beseech you, be as I am. That's what I was just saying. Be as I am, for I am as ye are. And have you have not injured me at all. You've not injured me at all. You've not broke me down. You've not stopped me. If I quit preaching, it ain't because the Galatians backslid and went back into bondage. It's because I've lost faith in God. Amen. So you can't hinder me. You can't stop me. And he said, you know how through infirmities of the flesh I preached the gospel into you at first. He had infirmities of the flesh. He had the messenger of Satan. And I thought one of the great things that Satan used against Paul is he told the Christians that they need to fear Paul because this was the man that killed the church. This is the man that killed the Christians. This is the man that shut down churches, that took them into bondage and took them before the Roman court. So I believe the church feared Paul. 
So can you imagine if I come in here and you was thinking, I'm going to hurt you or kill you. It'd be hard for you to get over there and listen. But Paul said plainly that the Galatians, he said, through my infirmities of the flesh, I preached the gospel unto you at the first. And my temptation, which is in my flesh, ye despise not, nor rejected, but receive me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. You know, when we begin to receive each other and not be jealous, as Butch taught on this morning, and not be envious of each other, I'm going to tell you something, neighbor. I'm just your servant. I've never, never seen myself above any of you, anybody that's ever come in to our church. I'm least among all men. I've never, never forgot. Dale, I've never forgot when the Lord saved my soul. My legs, Andy, would not walk. I was crawling in the bathroom floor because I drank liquor till my body didn't function. How can I pick myself up and think that I'm any better than you all? Because God has called me to preach. That's only a calling from the saving grace of God. Feel unworthy, run from it for years. So surely I'm not going to set myself on a pedestal and tell you I'm better than anybody here. God give us a desire in our heart to preach the gospel, a desire to serve God, a desire to see another soul born into the family of God, a desire to help people. What a burden God laid on my heart many years ago for the church for the church the church of the living God the church that is begin to diminish the church that COVID came in and scared us to death the church as the old dedicated group fell away we didn't leave enough example till the young people would want to serve God. Amen. We need to leave some examples. We need to leave some examples. I thought about in our in our occupational job, our jobs, and when we see a child that grows up and mama or daddy has done good, as a nurse or in the health care, uh, and they're making money and bought houses, and the kids will want to follow in that footsteps. Amen. We see so many that wants to follow. Does my children want to follow in my footsteps as a child of God? Have I showed enough joy and enough happiness, or have I muttered? about the church have i muttered about having to do this or having to give up my vacation or having to give up my thanksgiving meal to preach a funeral hello church that's where we're at today that's where we're at today and he said in the 15th verse where is the blessedness you speak of. He said that that you used to testify of. I could call a hundred names. It'd take me a few minutes. But as I look at this pew right here, where is the blessing that this one one time stood up and said, God save my soul. My testimony is I praise him and I thank him for saving my soul. And on top of that, I don't want to see my neighbors going to hell. And today, they're right back out there with their neighbors. 
What happened to the blessings? What happened to the blessings that you one time testified of? And I'm going to ask you, and you're here, what are you testifying of today? Have we forgot what God brought us out of? I'm going to tell you, honey. The doctor's got eight years of schooling. He's got degrees, and he deserves, he deserves my right to respect him. But I got news for you. I've paid a copay, and I've got right to tell him about Jesus. Amen. I've got, I've got more than eight years invested in this. And I appreciate every surgery and everything they've took out, every shot they put in me. But I'm going to tell you why the Holy Ghost is in there. It's Jesus. Yeah. He said, I'll walk with you a while. And then when I go away, he said, I'll send the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. And I done got enough injections of the Holy Ghost till, Sister, I'm going to testify of the goodness of God. I should have died with a heart attack. Bill just reminded me. He looked over at me and he said, you're a miracle. And he said, I am too. I shouldn't be able to talk. But here it is. We're going to give God praise. Several of you should have done that. But here you are. We should have. Mm. As old sinners, Satan would have took us out and took us to hell. That's where he warned us. But Jesus said, I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to let Satan have you. He told him, Job, he said, Satan, you can do anything to Job you want to, but you can't take his life. I'm glad God said, Satan, he's a drunk, but you can't take his life. I'm going to give him a day at the putt-putt fun and games and put him a place in church. Oh, ain't you glad today that God give you a place in church? Hey, Roger, our seat may not be but that wide, but I praise God for my place in church. Sis, I ain't seen you in three weeks. I love you. Good to see you. Praise the Lord. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Mm. <laughs> Hallelujah. I aggravated Sheena Wednesday night for stealing my pen. And she did. DJ gave it to her. And she stole it. And I cried because my pen. Look her. God sent me too this morning. <laughs> Wrapped in paper. I ain't never been used. My husband's probably about wore out. If Shana don't come back, she told me she's going to. I'm going to send her a letter and tell her just keep it. <laughs> I got two my thank you, Butch. <laughs> Amen. We need to have a little humor. Now I'm going to preach. He said if you ask, it'll receive. He said, where is then the blessings that you speak of? For I bear you record that if it had been possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and have given them to me. That's how much they loved Paul. And then they quit. How soon we forget. That's another message. Let me go on. He said, am I there for become your enemy because I tell you the truth. I'm preaching. I'm telling you the truth. 
And how many times have I become an enemy because I tell them the truth? How many times have I been turned off? And Paul said to the Galatians, Am I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Let me turn back right here. I've preached this and preached this, and I'm going to preach this again. Over in the first chapter of Galatians, and it said, I marvel. Paul said, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you unto the grace of Christ unto another gospel. And man, I begin to think on that, and, and I never seen this until until uh, lately when we've seen all the new books that's been put out, and it's called the gospel. And I thought, how many churches have switched from the King James to some other book, to some other gospel? Paul saw this thing, and it was happening there. And he said, grace of Christ unto another gospel. But he said in the seventh verse, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would prefer the gospel of Christ. Prevert means change the gospel of Christ. I'm coming to a point, I just hope I can get this point out in our message. And he said, though we are an angel, fourth, eighth verse of the first chapter, and though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which ye have preached unto you, let him be accursed and I won't I go on there but I thought about uh, today we are accepting the other versions it's changed the word of God they've took out the blood the saving grace of God it's taken out several of the miracles of God and Butch knows that we've said in prison and heard the inmates read that you cannot follow in a King James Version. They've perverted the Word of God. This same thing as Paul was trying to preach Jesus to them. Let me read this. In the 17th verse, he said, They zealously affect you. They zealously affect you. Romans 10, and I brought it out at the funeral the other day at Brother George's funeral. But they have a zeal of God, but they have no knowledge. That's 10th chapter Romans, about the 2nd verse. Don't have the knowledge. They've got a zeal to serve God but they have no knowledge. Here the Bible said that they zealously affect you. They zealously affect you. But you remember as a young boy before you were saved and the older boy would come up and he'd say, you need to try some of this beer. It is the best. This is the kind I drink. And you thought that boy was having such a good time. And I don't know what about you. And I said, well, let me try. Let me try. As a young, young man. Because he was having so much fun. My daddy was a quiet feller. Never say much to nobody. But when he get to drinking and in a crowd, you would think he was the happiest man going. You know what that was doing to me? That was zealously affecting me to want to be like the drunk. Some of my older buddies and 
most of my buddies in low gap were older that I run with because they had cars and I didn't have no license. They could buy beer and I couldn't. So I run with the older crowd and they zealously affected me. Let me go just a little deeper. If you have a great musician that you like, since Elvis, I ain't had nobody, hello. But you talk to people about it. I bet you all that know Larry Johnson knows he pulls for Wake Forest. He seriously affects you and puts it in your mind that Wake Forest is the same. He got across to John, yeah, but but he's tried. Stick in there, John. Stick with him, John. Are y'all getting a point I'm trying to bring? What I'm talking about is when we hang around these. If you catch all them fish out of that hole, boy told me this week, he said we, we had seen it on our phone and we went down the creek there's somewhere in Tennessee and seen where they were stocking. They were putting fresh trout in the stream. So they went down and caught their limit. Then they told the other boys, y'all can come down and fish in this hole. So what excites me, I'll talk about. It's a crying shame that we can talk more about the weather than we can God. It's a shame that we're more excited about a race car than we are God. And I'm going to tell you the truth. It's a shame that our conversation on Facebook is bald. Or cheerleader. We, if we got a, a child that's saved, we need to be so excited that Alexi is a young girl that can testify. Did I say her name right? I got close. Testify of Jesus. How about these young couples expecting the first baby? Maybe can tell a doctor, Jesus is how this happened. You know why Donna's in church said behind her daughter is Jesus. Mm. We just keep praying. We'll get that old man in here. Amen. We just keep praying. Rodney can be softened. Amen. Todd's never known nothing but daddy in church. Scotty has, but not Todd. It's all he's ever known. But we are affected. If Roger quits, that'll really give Stevie a change and excuse to back off. If he keeps coming on, Roger's just a thorn in his flesh. Yeah. I got up this morning, I told mine, I said, we've just decided to go to church today. We just decided to go to church today. Well, this is Sunday, Palm Sunday. The Sunday before Easter, I just decided to go to church today. Decided sometime this week, God, I need a message if I'm going to go to church. Hey, Amen. I need a, I need a message. 
Let me get that. This this scripture has meant something to me. Let me find my place. And he said, they zealously affect you, but not well. I want us to get what that's saying. Our kids, our kids at school, and they hear my ball team, this ball team, we're going to be the best ball team. And they're zealously affected. And then mom and daddy don't have enough of the grace of God about them to separate ball and Sunday. Hello? We need to let our children know. He said, they zealously affect you, but no well. Yea, they would exclude you that you that ye might affect them, that you join right in their crowd. I read a reference in one of my Bibles as I was studying that, and it said that the majority of church people don't even understand this scripture. And I thought, well, I can see why. I can see why. And I thought, God, let me read over this. And let me read over this. And it's what it said. And I've had a saying for years. If your best friend is a sinner, bless God, you slack somewhere. You'll either get them in church or they'll run from you. If your best buddy that you do everything with is still a sinner, you ain't getting the job done. Because he says they will affect you. They will exclude you from the gospel. They'll take you away. I just read it to you in the first chapter of Galatians. They will pervert the gospel. They will change the gospel. I want you to listen carefully today. Unconditional eternal security has perverted the gospel. It's changed what the Bible said. The Bible said that we can fall away. The Bible said our name can be taken out of the book of life. Neighbor, we need to grab what the gospel says and continue. I've got a conditional salvation. And if I'll stay where God wants me, he'll keep me. You protect me from the storm. I thought this morning y'all had come down 89. I thought we must have had more wind than, than I know because the power pole was broke off and the wires just holding it up there. It takes a pretty strong wind to break a power pole and the wires hold it up. I slept through it, I guess. I didn't. I didn't wake up, or it wasn't that bad at the house. I don't know. But God has protected us. He said they they will zealously affect you. They'll break you down. They'll tear you down. They'll take you in the wrong direction if you're not careful. And the Bible said they will exclude you. They'll put you in a point. How many, how many is excluded today? I remember and I loved him uh, from the bottom of my heart. But there's a, uh, an old boy. Amen. They used to come to church here. Amen. And uh, this boy would start doing some things. And I seen it right off and I told him about it. He would change his mind and he would start doing that. You ladies that goes to the beauty shop, if I look around, most of you do. Where did you get your hair fixed? She's pretty good or I don't go to that no more. And it affects church. Amen. I go to Mount Vernon and I love it. I love Mount Vernon. I've loved 
The church God sent me to 48, 49 years ago. I love the church God sent me to. I love the calling God has put on my life. Sometimes not the temptations or the aggravations, but I love the calling God put on my life. And they'll try to stop you. He said they will try to exclude you. They'll break you down. They'll stop you along the way. They zealously affect you, but not well, 17th verse. Yea, they would exclude you that you might affect them, that you might fit into their crowd. You might fit in to their crowd. But it is... But it is good to be zealously affected always in a good thing. We need to have a zeal, and we need to be zealously affected, but it needs to be in a good thing. If you ask me about Carowinds, I'll tell you, some of the kids won't agree, but I'll tell you the last thing I said when I come out of Carowinds. This is my last trip. It rained on us, and we was hungry, and I'd give out, and I'd chase young'uns all day long, and I said, this is my last trip. What's that restaurant you went to? On 52, we didn't go together. Barney's not it was. What was that? Hodge Old Hill on 52. Tell me, you remember in a minute. Goopers. Goopers. Yeah, I know he'd been there. I caught him, Goopers. <laughs> Janice said that's the best Reuben sandwich I've ever eaten. I'm going to blame it on Janet. I said, okay, we went. I ordered a Reuben sandwich, and it was good. And I told her when I paid, I said, Reuben sandwich or no Reuben sandwich, it's a hellhole. I said, it's evil spirits coming out of the walls. I talked to Larry Johnson a while later. He said, he's evil in that place. I think they closed it. I don't know. But a Reuben Sandwich in a hell hole ain't the same thing as one where God is. Amen. I know I can ask the blessing there, but I didn't need to be in that place. And I kept my word. I didn't go back. I never cried. I never went out of business. But there's things, neighbor, that you can't do that God convicts you of. And I'm going to tell you, I can't lay out of church and be comfortable. Amen, I can't do it. This is what God gave me, a place of refuge, a place that he takes care of me. But it's good to be zealously affected always in a good thing, and not only when I am present with you, but all the time, but all the time. Be, be affected by the word of God. Let me read. I jotted down a couple of scripture here I need to read. And over in James, I'm preaching on, I'm telling you the truth. I love the book of James. The fourth chapter of James. Actually, this is where I started studying, and God just took me right on down the road. Fourth chapter of James, and he said, From whence came wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust, that war in your members? 
Butch said he, he just has really woke up till the temptation is in us all the time. We are in the in the flesh. He said, let me read that again. From whence came wars and fightings among you? Came they not hence even of your lust that was in your members? The lust, you lust and you have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. You ask and you receive not because you ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your own lust. Upon your own lust. It's our natural body to take care of self. The Bible teaches that man has never hated his own self. Man's never hated his own, own flesh. I'll read it to you in a minute in Galatians, but this thing is a battle. The flesh don't want to come to church. The flesh don't want to shout. The flesh does not want to live right. The flesh is zealously affected by a fishing trip, by a ball game, by a vacation, by staying out from God's house. The flesh is not drawn by the Spirit of God. That that's within us is drawn by the Spirit of God. That that's within us, drawn by the Spirit of God. He said in the fourth verse of the fourth chapter of James, he said, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, men and women, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. I'm going to tell you, when James preaches this, he becomes an enemy to people that love the world, people that are in the world. But he plainly said, friendship of the world, you adulterers and adulteresses, you that the friendship of the world is an enmity with God. Friend of the world, can read. Therefore, will be a friend of the world, is the enemy of God. Ain't that what the Bible tells us? Let me go back to Galatians. I need to. I need to read that now. I should have wrote it down, I guess, but we'll turn to it. Galatians 5. I'll read two verses, 16 and 17, Galatians 5. 16 and 17. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's the Bible. It's conditioned to walk in the Spirit. And then it says you will not or you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Listen to the 17th verse. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit. And the Spirit against the flesh. I've said this, and it's not Bible in this word, but this scripture right here backs it up, that it's a continuous warfare between the spirit and the flesh. The flesh don't want to get out of bed, but the spirit of God knows we've got to. And it's speaking inside of us. I just read to you, if we walk in the spirit, we will not satisfy the flesh. And he said in the 17th verse, For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, 
so that you cannot do the things that you would. That's what the Word of God said. You cannot do the things that you would. We can't walk where we'd like to walk. We can't do the things that we'd like to do. I thought about I thought about it. You can't go to the church that you'd like to and be pleased with God. You gotta go where God sends you. Then God will bless you. I can't run here and I can't run yonder. I've got to be where God wants me. I thought about I can't have Janet today and another woman tomorrow. Somebody open the back door. Understand what I'm saying? I can't I can't live with Janet today and another tomorrow. How many men and women are trying that same thing? How many are we shaking up with the devil? The Bible just told us in Galatians, and Paul said, you adulterers and adulteresses. And that's being with that that you're not married to. We are married into the family of God. If we're born again, children of God. And I've got to serve God. And to serve God, I've got to be where he wants me to be. I'm married to Janet, and I've got to go home after a day's work to Janet. I've got to come home to my house. To that that God has joined together. Oh, I praise him for you that he sent to Mount Vernon. That he sent to help us with the lie bill. And help us with the spirituality of the church. How many, how many are committing adultery on God? How many are out outside of the ark of safety? You adulterers and adulteresses in James. Know you not that the friendship of the world is an enemy with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. I'm, I'm telling us the truth. I'm preaching the truth. And if the truth makes me an enemy, then I'm just an enemy. He said, do you think in the fifth verse of the fourth chapter of James, do you think that the scripture saith in vain the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? The natural spirit of man lusteth to envy. I've said it many times. When I got saved, I liked mashed potatoes before and I like mashed potatoes after. Some of them things, the nature of man, don't change. We've got to take the nature of man and guide it by the Bible and the Holy Spirit of God and train man not to be himself, to train man not to be jealous as he taught, not to be arrogant, or the lust after the things of this world. We've got to let the Spirit of God, we've got to walk in the Spirit of God, or we'll grab a hold of the world. Amen. We'll grab a hold of the world. He asked us in Galatians, what's happened to our in other words, our happiness or our blessings. We have lost our blessings because we've got too many credit cards. Hello. We've got too many things at our fingertips that we can bring in to satisfy. You know why the preacher don't mean as much to the church as they one time did. The church, when I grew up, 
was the most important place in Low Cap. And they had church every Sunday. And that's where the people gathered. And they had a preacher that told them the truth. Today, if they don't like what I preach, they just go somewhere else. Can you run off mad at Larry and go somewhere else and fit in? That's why we've quit shouting. That's why we've quit praising God. They seriously affect you, but not well. Me and Janet will have a falling out big time. And I'd like to tell her up front. But when she lays out of church and me trying to pastor and takes my grandkids to a ball game, me and Mama's going to fall out. Neighbor, it's happening today. We two are one. I need her in her place. And it ain't on the ball field. Hello? If you quit preaching this, Bill, you could have a bigger church. Let me read on. He said, if you're a friend of the world, You'll be an enemy of God. Do you think in the fifth verse of the fourth chapter of James? Do you think that the scripture saith in vain? The spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy. But he giveth more grace whereof he saith, God resisteth the proud but giveth grace to the humble. This is one of many of our favorite verses. Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee. And he will flee from you. If you come in here saying the devil's running my back, he's on my back, the devil's been on my back, all week I'm beat to death. You ain't submitted to God. Because the word says submit to God. Resist him. The devil's hit me all week. Give me a shot and he bounced off of me. Aggravated me. But to stay on my back, I need to submit to God. Tell him take a trip. Get off of my back. Flesh, leave me alone for a few minutes. Let me worship God. I don't pray at the altar as long as I used to pray at the altar. Sometimes I say I give out. I ain't got no voice what you used to say. Many of a time, I prayed till I was tired, turned around and laid down on my back on the rock pile and laid there waiting for God to move. So you preachers backslid that far. Where are we at? Where are we at today? Do you think that the scripture saith in vain the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? I'm going to tell you don't say it in vain. I've already uh, read it to you or quoted it. Roughly in, in Revelation where the Pharisees had a zeal, a zeal to serve God. But the Pharisees were wanting to bring the children of Galatia that Paul had won to the Lord. And Paul even got in doubt. He said, I, I was afraid after he left that I've, I've brought this in vain to you. But the Pharisees would come to those Galatians that were saved and said, you need to be circumcised. 
you need to come back under bondage of the law. Can I tell you, that's what they're telling the church people today. You're saved. You can't lose it. And you don't have to be in church every Sunday. You can go where you want to. You can do what you want to do. I'm going to tell you, if you play with fire, you will get burnt. Amen. You will get burnt. You stay in the water till you're wore out. You will drown. You can't play with God. You can't play with Satan. Satan is laughing at us. Satan is laughing at the American church, how weak we are. That he come to him, he can come to us and throw out a little, I'll say, a little obstacle like Corona. And from the president, the governor, and every officer, amen, we got to get masked and stay out of church. Sit in your car. Don't worship God. It's put a great block on the church. And I ought to hush about it. But it zealously affected our congregation. Some congregations has never recovered. Some have never come back. Satan knows how to get you out. Hello. I'm glad today. As far as I know, he's not in church. But he sent me a text yesterday. He said, I love you. Happy, spiritual, I think 55 years birthday. And I've been to church here in probably 10 years. Praise God. Praise God that they've been affected, zealously affected in the right way, that is still on their mind. I'm praying that Stevie Golden, he may be listening. I don't care. I pray that he's zealously affected. I pray that he's miserable if we get out of the house of God. I pray that we, we can get back into the house of God. Neighbor, can I tell you, the most miserable people and the hardest people to win are those that have tasted the goodness of God. Because Satan is fighting them on every hand. Church, make up your mind right now. Don't wait till tomorrow. Make up your mind right now. You're going to finish with God. You're not going to fall away. You're not going to back down. I'm going to read one more verse, and I'll quit. If you want to turn with me, it'll be in Revelation 14. Revelation 14. We have a zeal when we first get saved. We want to run to church. We want to tell the people we work with. We want to grow and get everything that we can get out of the Word of God. And then we come to a point. If it's little known, it's little required. So if I don't know about this, then I won't have to do as much. Ain't that how we are? John, you stick with it. Don't never, don't never let him switch you over to Wake Forest. Stick with it, brother. Amen. Got a buddy there. I ain't against Wake Forest. I just don't want John to change. Amen. Church, make up our mind. No matter how pretty she is or how good he smells, ladies, make up your mind you're going to finish with God. 
no matter what the offer of money is on the job, make up your mind you're going to stick with God. That gang out there will zealously affect you. You read that scripture and see if I ain't preaching you the truth. If you're a friend of the world, you're an enemy with God. That's Bible, church. I didn't read that. I didn't read that up. I'm going to read one more verse about the everlasting gospel. This thing ain't temporary. Amen. It ain't temporary. Hey, getting saved, walking for God ain't temporary. It endureth forever. Goes right on and on and on. The sixth, sixth verse of the 14th chapter of Revelation. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel. And it looks like, because he said, to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. To every nation and kindred and tongue and people. So it looks like an angel is going to preach. Saying with a loud voice, seventh verse, Fear God and give glory to him. What's that angel going to preach? He said to fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment is come and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of water. May God add a blessing to the reading of his holy word. I've tried to preach to us the truth, the truth. I'm going to read that one more time, and I will, I will promise you I'll get out of the way. I'll have to find it, but I will. And he said in the 15th verse, Where is then the blessings you speak of? You speak of. For I bear you record that if it had been possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and then given them to me. And I therefore am become your enemy because I tell you the truth. Because I tell you the truth. I visited a fellow the other day that left our church. He went somewhere else. And I said, you tell me what I done. And I'll apologize. You tell me what I done. Well, you hurt their feelings. When you preached, if you could eat at a buffet bar, you could come to church. And I said, well, I'm not going to apologize now. But I'd like to repeat just what I said. If you can eat at a buffet bar, bless God, you can come to church. Has anybody here ever eat with a mask on? I've seen them come in a cafe, but they didn't eat with a mask on. You can sit in the house of God with a mask on and eat spiritual food. In other words, I ain't going to back down, okay? Because I've told us the truth. If eating at a buffet bar is more important than the house of God, all of you can get mad at me. 
and I can be your enemy because I ain't going to change. I have a zeal of God with a little bit of understanding. I ain't void of understanding. God will be first. If you will, stand your feet as I get a song. I've tried my best of my ability and what I understand of God's Word. Not to pitch you, but tell you the truth. But tell you the truth. He said they zealously affect you. One place, I looked up one uh, in the, uh, the effect in one dictionary, and he said that it's pretense. There. <laughs> and I thought about that when I was going over the liquor. They ain't no good white liquor. We'd say, oh, that was good. Pretense. They ain't nobody that ain't serving Jesus happy. If they've heard the word and got out of the word, they ain't none of them happy. And they're zealously affecting you under pretense, telling you to come over where they're at. I got enough knowledge and have dealt with enough till it's pretense. They're not going to affect me. It ain't good out there. It ain't good out there. Somebody's got it on their mind. Just giving up. Don't give up. Finish this race. Come talk to God about it. The altar's open.